<clears throat> okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed, and we're going to do the seventh, the sixth, and seventh step prayer together. We're going to do it one breath at a time, one line at a time, and we're going to take some time in between each line to actually do or contemplate doing what it's asking us to do or not do. So, the first line of the sixth step prayer is my creator. So I breathe in, my creator. And I like to take a few breaths and I like to explore the concept that I have a creator and that I am not the creator. And just see what comes up as far as humility goes as I contemplate that idea. out. I am now willing that you should have all of me. Again, I take a few breaths and I try to see if anything comes up that I am not willing that my creator should have. Anything that comes up that I'm still holding on to as mine. And I breathe out the good and the bad. And I take a few breaths. And I contemplate, where did I get the idea of what is good and what is bad? And I breathe in. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character. And I take a few breaths. And I think about now. And I think about every single defect of character.
and I breathe out that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Again, I take a few breaths and I contemplate the idea of being useful to God and to my fellows today. in the last line of the prayer. <clears throat> Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Again, I take a few breaths and I try to see if I could be open-minded about what I believe would be God's bidding for me today. Amen. And whenever you're ready, can gently open your eyes, again, allowing yourself to become aware that seeing is happening. Try not to get caught up in what you're seeing. Try to just be aware. Just be aware that seeing is actually happening right here, right now. So I'm Randy, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully ever again. I don't think there's any new people on this meeting today. The one lady that was here, I think she left when we started meditating. Because God knows, you don't want to do too much meditation. It might get in the way of my usefulness <laughs> to myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, it's my belief that the best part of this meeting is already over the meditation, and, and now we're going to do some talking, but the whole reason to come here today is to meditate. The whole reason, it just opens everything up. So, so I'm allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol again, but I'm here because I have a disease. The disease is called alcoholism. It centers in my mind, and it talks to me today in my own voice, and it manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated, and can't stand the word no. And that's who I am, and that's why I'm here today, and that's what needs to be treated. And so, we're in step seven, and, and uh, I don't know, did anybody read uh, the end, the paragraph on page 71, the bottom of page 71, this last week, since last week. Anybody read it once? Twice? Yes? Yay, Valerie. So, 
This paragraph is, is old character. This paragraph is alcoholism. True. I'm going to read it real quick. I'm not going to talk about it too much today because we talked about it a lot last week. But I would encourage you, I, if you didn't hear this last week or you heard it and your mind erased it as soon as the meeting was over, I would encourage you to read this paragraph every morning, like read 60 to 63. And then when you're done with that, turn to the 12 and 12 and open up page 71 and read this paragraph. True. I thought good character was desirable. But obviously good character was something one needed, I needed to get on with the business of being self-satisfied. So as an alcoholic with alcoholism, I have the merciless obsession to be self-satisfied. I see all your faces. Most of you have been here a long time. I don't think that most of you are, are, are mercilessly obsessed with drinking alcohol anymore. But I guarantee that every one of you has something that your mind would tell you today. If you had that thing, then you would be okay. Uh, or then you would be happy. Or then you would be what I call self-satisfied. Self would be satisfied. Except for that it's the nature of the disease to be unsatisfiable. So there is no such thing as an alcoholic being self-satisfied, but I have the obsession that one day I will be if I only manage well. I have the delusion. So I need to see this. This is me today with lots of years of sobriety if I am untreated. With a proper display of honesty and morality, I'd stand a better chance of getting what I wanted. Of course, I'll be a good boy. Of course, I'll be honest and, and, and have morals, so long as it gets me what I want. What I, what I really wanted, what I really wanted. But whenever I have to choose between character and comfort, whenever I have to choose between living by spiritual principles or having the thing that my mind tells me is the thing that would make me happy. My character building gets lost in the dust of the chase after what I thought was happiness. Anybody found it yet? Anybody found the right car or the right job or the right wife or the right husband or the right place to live that brought you happiness and you're done, you're happy, that's it? Anybody find that yet? No, it's a delusion. It's a lie that I'm going to find uh, happiness. The happiness is in this moment. The happiness is being happy with what is. The happy, joyous, and free is free from the bondage of self. And in the bondage of self is what I think would make me happy. So when I get rid of what I think would make me happy and I stop chasing what I think would make me happy, there's space for me to have happiness in this moment. But only in that. Seldom do I look at character building as something desirable in itself, something I would like to strive for, whether my instinctual needs were met or not. I never, I never thought of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God my daily basis of living. So I asked this question again today. I asked it last week. Who woke up this morning 
And their first thought was, hmm, I think I'll make honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God my daily basis of living today. (laughs) No, no, I wake up and I think, oh, I need a cup of coffee. I need some coffee. And if I get some coffee, then I'll be okay. And then I get the coffee and then it starts all over again. You need some breakfast. If you get some breakfast, then you'll be okay. And I'm off. I'm off doing what I think will bring me happiness. Until I sit down at the book and I open it up to 60 to 63 and I read and I start to see the character that I am and what's possible in a relationship that, and and I'm reminded that remarkable things could happen if I could take such a position. And the position is, is that I'm not God, that I have a creator and I'm not the creator and that I might be willing to do its bidding today. This lack of anchorage to any permanent values. So I have no anchorage to permanent values. The anchorage that I have is to chase what I think would make me happy all the time. This lack of anchorage to any permanent values, this blindness to my true purpose of my life produces another bad result. For just so long as I'm convinced that I can live exclusively on my own individual strength and intelligence, knowledge and power, my own knowledge and power, for just that long is a working faith in a higher power. Impossible. Impossible. I might believe there's a God. I might believe there's a higher power. But the... The idea of having a working relationship with that higher power is gone. So long as I think that I can use my intelligence and my strength. And in step 10, I I read this all the time, but it's one of my other favorite paragraphs. Um, In step 10, it says... Uh, much has already been said by the time we get to step 10. Much has already been said, this is on page 85 in the big book, about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from it that has all knowledge and all power. So I have my limited knowledge and my limited power, but there's one that has all knowledge and all power, and I have access to it. I can receive my strength and my inspiration from it. If I will start to have a working relationship with it. And a working relationship is one that's working right now. It's not one that I'm cultivating to to apply later. This is true even when I believe that God existed. I believe God exists. I believe it and I pray to it. But most of my prayers are, God, get me that. (laughs) Get me that. And get me that now (laughs) so I can be happy. (laughs) This is true, even when I believe that God existed. I could actually have earnest religious belief which remain barren because I am still trying to play God myself. I think I know what God's will is for me. I think... I know what God should be doing 
for me. As long as I place self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power is totally out of the question. This is step one it's talking about here. Unless I admit complete defeat that's on my own power and my own knowledge of real happiness, I'll find none at all. Until I do that, a genuine reliance upon a higher power is out of the question. It's completely out of the question because I'm still going to rely on me. It just, it makes sense, but I have to read it. And if I read it like a story, then I don't even see that. The basic ingredient of all humility, a desire to seek and do God's will is missing. So step seven is the end of old character. Step seven is I humbly rely upon it to remove my shortcomings. I humbly ask it to remove my shortcomings right now in this moment where I fall short of being the man that God would have me be where I fall short of using God's strength and God's knowledge and God's inspiration as the basis of daily living. For me, this prospect of gaining new perspective is unbelievably painful. You know why? Because every natural instinct in me cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. That's why. Every natural instinct in me cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is only by repeated humiliations that I'm forced to learn something about humility. It's only by trying over and over and over and over again on my power and my knowledge to find happiness that I'm forced to learn something about humility. It is only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats that I can admit complete defeat. <laughs> it's only at the end of a long road of being defeated by my own power and my own knowledge, by self. This is so crazy. It's so crazy when you start putting it all together. Uh, in step four, it says... Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what has defeated me. I consider its common manifestations. That's in step four on page 64. And here it's saying that it's only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats and humiliations and the final crushing of my self-sufficiency that I began to feel humility as something more than a condition of groveling despair. Humility is the beginning of a new, unbelievably beautiful and fantastic life. But not, I didn't get here by virtue. I got here at the end of a long road of being crushed by alcohol and self. Sober even. Drunk or sober. Every newcomer, like myself in AA, is told, and, soon reali and I soon realized for myself that my humble admission of powerlessness over alcohol 
is only the first step towards liberation from its paralyzing grip. So, the day that I quit drinking was the day that I admitted that I couldn't quit drinking. The day that I quit drinking was the day that I admitted that I couldn't quit drinking. And then my mind opened up to some other possibilities. As long as I thought tomorrow I'll stop. After this weekend, I'll stop. After Christmas, I'll stop. After my birthday, I'll stop. After Halloween, I'll stop. So long as I thought that I had the power to stop, I couldn't stop. Okay. So it is that I first see humility as necessity. But this is the barest beginning. To get completely away from my aversion to the idea of being humble, to gain a vision of humility as the avenue to true freedom of the human spirit, my human spirit, to be willing to work for humility as something to be desired for itself, took me a long, long time. <laughs> I laugh because that is word for word my experience. How crazy is that? It took me a long, long time. It didn't just take me a long time. <laughs> but it doesn't have to take a long time. Because the release from, from the self-will happens right here, right now. At this meeting, right now. If I will start rightly relating myself to this higher power. That long, long time is over. And it doesn't matter how long it took. If I feel sorry for myself about how long it took, I'm still not there. It's taking more time. Because the feeling sorry for myself has nothing to do with humility. It has only to do with another technique to try to get God to feel sorry for me. Because I'm so sorry, maybe he'll have some pity on me and give me something that I want. That I think will bring me happiness. I use self-pity with people as a strategy to get what I want. I use self-pity with God as a strategy to get what I want. I am the king of using self-pity to manipulate people to get what I want. People and, and I think the universe, but it doesn't work. All it does is make people feel bad about for me. <laughs> that poor guy. That poor guy, he's got it bad. Let's stay away from him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way the disease uses self-pity to push everyone and everything out of my life so that it can again have me back in its grips and say, look, everything we've been saying, all this self-pity stuff, it's actually true. And now you should kill yourself. Or if you're going to kill yourself, you might as well drink. Okay. Took me a long, long time. A whole lifetime geared to self-centeredness cannot be said in reverse all at once. Rebellion dogs my every step at first. So uh, rebellion or every natural instinct in me cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. I would call that rebellion. So that's... Isn't it amazing how beautiful this literature is and how it all ties together and how it's all there and it's all there to be exposed, but I've read it a million times. I've never read it like we read it today. I've never read it like that. I saw things today that I've never seen before. 
and the interconnectedness of it that I've never seen before. I don't know any of this, by the way. I, I read it and I I just tell you what I feel intuitively guided to talk about as I read it. I, there's no script. There's no notes. I didn't. I haven't even read this since the last time we read it, which was probably four years ago. Well, I probably read it in a retreat or something a few times, but anyway. Um, this is such a fantastic opportunity to grow and to become the man that I always wanted to be through this literature, through this practice, through this way of life, through these principles. And, and I'm just blown away. And I also think that all of that, whatever came through today, came through because of the meditation and the prayer. It would have been a whole different talk if we would have started this meeting, read how it works, and then read a couple of paragraphs out of step seven. I think, I think, I could be wrong. Maybe the intuition would have been there. Maybe the guidance would have been there. I don't know. And, and maybe what was said wasn't even worthwhile, but it, it seems like something's happening here right now. It seems like it. So I'm going to stop sharing now, and I want to hear from all of you. What I'm going to start doing now is I'm going to start practicing listening like the dying can listen. And I'm going to ask my higher power to help me hear what you're saying so that I'm not thinking about what I want to say or what wasn't said or what I'm going to do later for dinner. So the meeting is now open and Sybil, you're up. Hey, uh, great to hear you today, alcoholic here. And I just love this. You know, today I had meditated and then I was like, wow, I guess I could keep meditating and then do Randy's group. And I'm so grateful I did, you know, because I don't know the last time, like I did an hour meditation and it's like, I don't have any problems, <laughs> literally. And I was thinking about this whole struggle with self and um, what you were talking about. Thank you. Thank you for having this, um, you know, and my littlest is sick on the couch here. And like, I'm surrendered to being here. I'm going to do some exercise. I hopefully won't get sick, but I probably will get sick. But for now, I'm not that sick. And um, and I was thinking about, you know, I don't think I've ever so eloquently heard, like, self-satisfied. That's really what I'm aiming for. And and it's really true. That's, like, my my entire focus of my life is not, like, even, like, to be the greatest mother or the greatest husband husband, wife, you know, it's really like to get what I want, like really, really. And I call it like my soul's calling, you know, like I think of it as that. And, um, and then I was listening and I think because of the meditation and everything and being so defeated, (laughs) um, it's like, like, I think that there's a fear when you really let go and you're humbled and humbled and humbled that you're going to be like I had this idea like plain Jane you know like I'm going to be like when I first got sober and I heard humble I heard like working in a soup kitchen you know for the homeless Um, but now it's like it's kind of like personalized now it's like none of the sparkle like just the boring, plain Jane, you know, and it's ridiculous, but like, like the good boy, you know, okay, I'll be the good boy. And, but not even to get anything, it really takes away like, um, 
like the excitement of life in a way, but it doesn't like, it doesn't. It's also just like, I'm here in this beautiful home. I meditate on our nice patio. I am way beyond the crap that I thought. Um, yeah. I mean, like I just had so much ego didn't work when I was using and drinking. It didn't deliver anything except this desperation, you know, and I don't have that now. And I like how you say step seven is the end of, um, what? <laughs> the talking mind? I don't remember. What is it? Well, and step seven character. is the end of something. The end of old character. It's the old, uh, that's yeah, a big one. <laughs> that's a big one. No wonder I forgot that. Yeah. So, okay, uh, maybe I will just be, like, I could just be this blah, humble person who's helping others. I, maybe I just show up in my life like that, kind and honest. And maybe that's interesting, right? Like, what an idea. Anyway, thank you so much today. Thanks, so. David. Hi, David. I'll call it. Hi, David. Ray, that was a great share. It was, I had to share because... If I put that in the I version of what you said, it's exactly my story today. It's the chasing and the fight of this thing I'm going through now. I won't mention what it is, but it's just the, the thing I'm, I'm, I'm obsessing on crazily, and it's really tiring me out. And ego, you know, wants me to be miserable, wants me to have this thing, and I don't. I'm fighting it, and I, that's where the pain is for me. I'm, I'm chasing it, I'm fighting it, and I'm not living in the moment, and I'm just really... Um, it's amazing how, like, um, when I want this and I go for it, and that, like what I've been doing is I've been in the spaces like you talk about that there's peace. I've been praying to fill up that space and that obsession space that I'm in. That when, like, when I obsess, I'm going straight to prayer and I'm going to God and I'm trying to get that humility to go. I have that humility to go to God so I can release this fight. And that's what I've been doing, and it's been working really well. It's, it's, it's amazing how this thing works, and it's been taken away the obsession if I replace that with God. And that's the key for me, is I replace all my thoughts with God. And that's been going on in my life, and it's been, I've been getting over this stuff. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't apply God to these things for a long time. Like, I always forget. But when I do apply the principles and I, you, I go to my higher power, it, uh, it works every time. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, hu- humiliation, which for me was the biggest crusher of my ego. That's what my sponsor used to tell me. Because I used to have this stutter where I couldn't talk really that that, that well. Mm-hmm. And it was humiliating for me. And it, it, it crushed me. I felt it crush my ego inside of me. It was just soul crushing every time because I would get embarrassed. And that really said, I'm grateful that that happened in my life. I'm grateful that I had that stutter because it got me to this level of, I can see what my ego is being crushed now. Because I was so crushed during that time. And it's a a realization I have now that I'm really fortunate to have that I can see when my ego is acting up. Because I've had it act up like it just wanted me miserable and dead. It just, it really took me to the edge of the, the the edge of all things. And um, I have that awareness now. And once I get that awareness of that and going to God every time I need to, every time I obsess over something, it just, it always works. It always works. And I'm grateful that I had all these struggles in my life so far because the synchronicity of things in my life are just 
like today, you read that. It just all worked out perfectly today. And I'm really grateful to be here and hear your share today because that was really, really incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the same thing, the chasing of that thing. But I don't have to, I don't have to chase it. I don't have to chase it. I go to God and just crush my ego down a little bit and see the truth for what it is. Um, so thank you so much. Thanks for you. Thanks, Dave. It, it's amazing. You don't have your stutter anymore. That is amazing. <laughs> Paul. Thank you, Randy, for your share. And, and one thing you said, or the way you said it, I'm not sure which made me think of something. And it's, <clears throat> I feel like I'm going to make a confession, mm. but I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. <laughs> it's, so it's for me to say uh, and hear. I make my higher power my higher power when I want something from it. When I can't get what I can't get what I want or need using my own power, I turn to my higher power and implore it to provide that for me. If I should happen to get it, which is not that often, I immediately revert back to my power and run away with it like a peanut. A dog that's not a bone or something like that. Um, and the, the rightly relating, I think, is putting myself in the right relationship and realizing that this individual self is the needs or is the lesser power and not the higher power. Um, and so the confession is, you know, yeah, I could say, as it says in the reading, I can say I believe in my higher power. But that's only when it's convenient for me and I want something I realize. Otherwise, I would say, yes, I mean, I believe in it. However, part of the definition of, I mean, not part of the definition of higher power is higher. Mm-hmm. How can I believe in it and still maintain my will? Mm-hmm. I guess is the question. And the thinking about this, it just brought to mind something semi-related, a different way of thinking things from the, from the Hindu tradition there's something called prasada, and that's an offering. That's an offering to God. But the but everyone then after it's offered to God partakes in the offering. So it's given to God first, and then we all partake in it. Hmm. And somehow that seems like more appropriate way, or a more appropriate. Um, way to consider anything that I receive that first offer it up and then I partake it and realize that it's not the least that it's for everyone and that, and that I happen to be able to partake in it. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for the meeting and, and I, can read this, I can read this all a hundred times which I have today like you said which is different. You know, it's just different. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Scott? We can't hear you. You can't share? You're not muted. Okay, we can't hear you. We'll come back to you later. Jennifer? 
Hi, I'm Jennifer, alcoholic. It's really good to be here. Good to see you. Um, you know, I just don't do this deal unless um, I'm desperate, <laughs> you know, and, um, and I'm realizing that um, I've really confused humiliation with humility forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I see one of my traits is I just think if I could vomit it all out and tell everybody the facts as I see them, um, then that's, then I'm humble. You know, and it and it's not. I'm saying that that's not what it is. And I, I love the um, the gentleman that just spoke in the offering up. You know, well, I go by road in the morning with these things that I do. You know, my chanting, my prayer, meditation, and and um, all that. And then it's kind of neatly packed away. And then I see where my will just kind of runs rampant until I'm desperate, and then I go back. Um, so this admission. Um, you know, just step one, just staying in step one is not the deal. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's 11 more of these things, you know, to stay in and to do throughout the day, all day, come to the turning point, which was life changing for me all through the day, a million times a day. And that's the humility that I'm seeing. I don't know that I have it, but I'm seeing it's like, Oh, when I can pause just long enough to see how bananas I really am and ask for help to say, I need some words because I'm not communicating well. You know, I, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, you know, I don't need to vomit these things out because it's putting it on other people. You know, I'm just getting that, you know, it's taken. I'm, I'm a slowly, a slowly person. Um, I'm so grateful um, to still be here and sober Mm -hmm. and a a chance to continue learning. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Great to see you. Scott, is your computer working now? Let's see. Is it working? Yes. I'm on a new, different, old computer. Fantastic. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Scott, definitely an alcoholic. Hi, Scott. such a perfect segue right into what Paul was just saying. Like many of us, I've read 60 through 63, on and on and on and on. Um, after Wednesday's meeting, I guess I read it Thursday. But I paused and I was slower. And of course, there's 15 words that are underlined. But I found new words that were just as important than when I underlined those 15 words prior. Um, It's amazing what you pick up when you keep on reading the same things as what Paul was alluding to. Um, Since there was such feedback on my share Wednesday about what you do with someone that will not pause long enough to give you a chance to talk, i.e. it's a monologue instead of a dialogue. One thing that I really value with this program is when irritated or agitated, pause. And like the last person shared, I'm a very slow learner or I forget to use these tools. What I forgot 
was this woman's father had passed away. And ironically, they are back in Midwest today as we speak, attending his services. Hello. When I lost my mom at Christmas, I completely reacted different than I do 360 days a year. Um, and once I stopped ranting and raving mentally and vocally, it dawned on me. It really did. And this level of passion enters, entered me that at that moment, especially when I was sharing Wednesday, it was a big reaction. I wasn't capable of that compassion. That mm -hmm. once I brought down my feverish anger, that just shut up. I have something important to say. Um, it hit me. Um, you guys are my chosen family. You really are. Because we pretty much get each other, not necessarily at that moment, but when we stop ranting and raving, some of it sinks in. Thank you so much. Thanks, Scott. Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Randy, I came on to... I heard your voice the other day, and I said, I, I have to cut lunch short, girls. I'm coming on. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for your talk today. It was, it was actually wonderful. I would say it would be one of the best, but it was only in the best because it was right down right here. <laughs> you know, um, seventh step. Um, there's a saying, I think, one of the workbook pages in the Course of Miracles, there is nothing in this world that I want. It's a tall fucking order for this alcoholic. It takes really a lot of time. And much humiliating situations, circumstances. Uh, I was thinking of humiliation being of the ego and humility being of the spirit. And mm -hmm. to go from the head to the heart is mm -hmm. a very long way. Really a long way. And, and you talked today about being self-satisfied. You brought up coffee as I'm drinking the coffee and I'm always cold. And, and what will satisfy me? Will that meal satisfy me? I went to the Mexican food today. Uh, that's good for the moment. It'll be something else for dinner. It's, it's that temporary satisfaction that's, that's going to give me happiness. That, that it's such an, it's not inborn. I don't know. It's conditioned. This, our parents told us. If you dress there, I remember my mother would say, um, that's nice, Phyllis, they wear this. Who's they? If you wore that, you would be happy. If you got this, you would be happy. It was always something that other, being in the moment, being who you are in the moment, and that is all there is. And until I really, really get that, and I get it from many, many defeats, so have I had enough today is the question in every day, in every moment. And that takes awareness and mindfulness and 
and everything we practice here all the time. We, it's a practice. It's a way of life for me. I mean, I really have to say that, Randy. It, and it's been after a long time, and I don't know. I, I, um, not I am starting a meeting like you start. It's not about that. We're starting a meeting that, um, that has to do with aging and mortality. And um, that's all I have to say about it now. I'm, I'm compiling a mission statement, and we'll see nice. um, who wants to come. It'll be an interesting topic. Nice. Um, but that being said, this step is, is one of the, the, the free, most freeing steps if I'm willing to let go entirely. And it comes from how it works. All my old ideas have to be let go of. Am I willing to really let go of an idea of a belief system that I have in the moment I'm in? to be right, to have the good opinion, to da-da-da, to feel better than you inside, to all of that stuff that comes up. It just comes, it keeps coming. So what is it about? It's about coming here, quieting the mind, and enjoying stillness and slowing down. It's, it, it's so much, but it's not so much. You know what I mean, after a while. But I think grasping the, the principles, and th this is such a, Principles and applications, that's what it, this is about. You know, you, you, how, did you frame that? Did that come from God? <laughs> that said, principles and applications, it's, it's, it's the deal. Randy, it's so good to see. Just to be on a line and smile with you is, yes. is cool. Yes. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for Thank coming. Thanks for coming home early for us. Oh my God. Pleasure. It's mine. <laughs> Rick. Rick, alcoholic. Hi, Alcoholism. Rick. I see Randy. Nice to see all the smiling faces here. Um, one thing I do read 60 to 63 most mornings, and we talk about the principal and the agent, father, the child, and the new employer. I buzz through that, and I read that all the time. But for some reason today, when you were talking about creator, Created. That really at home. Creator and it's created. When I'm an ego, when I'm prideful, I'm the creator. You know? That's where I want to be. When I'm on the freeway, I'm the creator. When I want what I want, I'm the creator. But when I turn, when I when I look at and I try to turn to my higher power, turn to my God see my place really in the world. I'm the created. And when I'm the created, I'm content. I'm a lot happier. It's really about knowing your place. I, I, look, I go to this one retreat, and you look at the ducks and the animals and the pond, and the duck is happy being a duck. It knows its place. It doesn't look over the, you know, over the fish. You go, man, I look at the fish today. It doesn't look to the duck. They're both happy to be what they were created to be. If I can just be simple enough and humble enough to be happy with what, you know, I was created to be, not be want something else. I was thinking the other day, we're all full, hey, you can be whatever you want to be. I'm never going to be playing in the NBA. That's a stupid thing, you know. I'm not going to. But if we can embrace the talents and the skills that we've been given, I think of a village like a medieval time. You don't need a 
you know, 20 bakers together. All different people come together and they create a village, bakers, blacksmiths, whatever you are. One is not better than the other, you just have a different set of skills. And embracing the skills that the creator gave the created and being content with that, being happy with that, and doing the best I can with those skills and embracing them and using them in my daily life. Um, I have to think that I'll be much happier. You know, my alcoholism is all about wanting things that I don't have and not being grateful for what I was given and want a whole other skill set. That skill set was never supposed to be mine. I'm being selfish. I need to be grateful for what I have been given because that was a skill set that was meant for me. In my village, in our village, in this world, hey, Rick, this is what I want you to do and this is what I want. Don't worry about what Randy's got. He's got a different skill set. Those are meant for him. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. All right, go live it and tell us how it works. <laughs> Hi, Hi, John. John, alcoholic man. Hi, everybody. Hi, John. I just a question. I I loved your your what you said. Thanks. It was as good as meditating. <laughs> Um, I missed, the, I, I got, you know, the 12 and 12 and 85 of the big book. What, I, you referenced uh, step four, was, was, was that from 12 and 12 also? No, it was in the big book, step four. Big book, did you have a, pay, a page? Page 64, page 64. And was there one other that you said? Mm, not sure. Three, okay. But I recorded so, it so you could listen to the recording again someday and it'll be there. Yeah, someday I will. <laughs> someday. <laughs> it doesn't. It probably won't be up for about six months. Evidently, <laughs> I want to say too <laughs> when I when I PIA comes into my mind, it always says principles in action mm. rather than principles in application. Okay. So that's kind of how I I think about it. Yeah, awesome. wonderful meeting. Thank you, everybody. That's awesome. All right, we got time for one more. Well, for those of you that weren't here when the meeting started, we're going to do a retreat in London, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of October, if you can get to London. That would, it'll be awesome. And uh, the room there is really nice, and the people there are really nice. And Anyway, um... What else? Nobody's raising their hand. Okay, so so I'm going to tell you this now at the end of the meeting. I'm going to remind you. At the bottom of page 71 in the 12 and 12, it starts with true. Most of us thought good character was desirable. When you get up tomorrow morning, read that paragraph. And then when you get up the next morning, read that paragraph. Every morning till next, till we get back together again which will be next Saturday, not that big a deal. Seven mornings, seven one-paragraph readings. I would add it to the 60 to 63 if you forgot that that was an important thing to do because, you see, I don't wake up in the morning thinking of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God my daily basis of living. But when I read page 60 to 63, I'm reminded of that. I'm reminded that I have to have God's help. It actually says it right there in the 60 to 63. It says, I 
I have to have God's help. So that's why I read 60. I don't read it just for that sentence because it tells me who I don't want to be as an actor who wants to run the whole show and is mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest, or kind and considerate and patient and self-sacrificing. But either one of those and all of those characteristics are me trying to get what I want to be self-satisfied. It's never, I'm never kind and considerate and self-sacrificing just because. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Unless I'm in this relationship with this power and then I can be, then I can give up my place in line. Then I can do something nice for people in the office without expecting anything back. Then I can be the man that God wants me to be and I can humbly ask it to remove my shortcomings. But... But this way of life doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen because I didn't drink today. And it doesn't even happen because I went to a meeting. It doesn't happen because I meditated. All of those things are important. I do all those things. But for me, I got to get up in the morning and I've got to read 60 to 63 first thing in the morning. And, and then I did that for 15 years. But... Today I read something else. I read some other spiritual stuff in the morning, but I live in 60 to 63. It's, it's, it's who I am. But the other stuff that I read is, is to remind me of the same stuff that 60 to 63 reminds me. So anyway, uh, that was, that's the rest of our time. So, so read 60 to 63 this week, every morning, first thing, and read page 71. That one paragraph on page 71 every day. And then here's what's going to happen. Two of you are going to do it. The rest of you are going to wake up tomorrow morning and have no recollection whatsoever that this was ever even talked about until next Saturday. And I might be among you. I might even forget that I told you to do this. But so I would recommend that you take a sticky and put it on a mirror somewhere. Read 60 to 63 and page 71. And if you're like me, I would put it on your dashboard in your car, on the mirror in your bathroom, on the coffee machine in the kitchen, and, uh, and do it. All right. We'll take a moment of silence. Okay, if you'd like to unmute yourself, you can unmute yourself, and we'll do the serenity prayer together. God, Yeah. Amen. Namaste. 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 Thank you so much.